And this time on Culture File, the second part of our conversation with forensic architecture founder Eyal Weizmann. Last time we talked about how his group, which first came to prominence investigating state murders, has more recently begun to look at the violence that arrives in clouds from tear gas to pollution. One project, currently part of the group's show at Visual Carlo, investigates a stretch of the Mississippi River, formerly a center of sugarcane production, now a petrochemical hub with some of America. America's worst air quality, as Eyal Weizmann now explains. The conversation includes discussion of the treatment of enslaved people. Whenever we look at sort of planning policies to do with polluting uh, factories and the, those that are built along the Mississippi are um, the most polluting kinds of factories that, that you can imagine. These are plastic factories, petrochemical factories that are being built along a stretch of the Mississippi that was called plantation country, uh, where a lot of enslaved people uh, lived and died in horrible conditions, uh, working in sugarcane plantations. Some of those communities, uh, after the abolishment of slavery, uh, remained in place. And these communities are now subjected uh, to the most polluting air uh, in the US uh, with the highest sort of percentage of cancer per capita uh, in the US. So I think that there is um, a continuation of violence here uh, that we must take into account. Uh, so for the first time, we have mapped all you know, polluting substances that come out of the chimneys of these factories, simulated their um, fluid dynamics in order to see and to show mainly um, to the court that is uh, now uh, there's several cases of, new, of more factories pending further permission uh, from um, the authorities there. Um, and we have joined local communities trying to stop those factories being built. And the court needed to see exactly the effects of that invisible killer, uh, the air, uh, to show that the air has shape, uh, that those um, polluting substances actually, with you know, where they are located and considering the wind disproportionately affect uh, black communities there, descendants of uh, enslaved people. Uh, and that is nothing but, we cannot call it any way differently than environmental racism. Uh, so I think that we need to see that things that appear mundane and appear... Uh, to be simply a kind of a byproduct of industrialization can also have violent history uh, and could be subject to, to, to really a gross form of racism. What's absolutely fascinating about that study is the sort of the, the historical aspect that that is kind of you know it seems almost there is a policy of erasure, but to understand the kind of history of land use is to understand current air uh, levels or current attitudes towards pollution and mortality. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that you know during the period of uh, extreme of high enslavement in this area, 
18th, 19th century, when uh, those plant sugarcane plantations were uh, actually constructed, where enormous amount of wealth was produced based on the exploitation uh, of uh, unpaid and coerced uh, labor, um, rape, murder uh, of um, racialized people. We were talking about the land we were looking for and finding uh, mass graves of enslaved people, uh, always almost like people were thrown into holes at the back of uh, plantation areas, uh, literally fertilizing the ground. And enslavement and that form of violence was very connected to the land. Today, I think, that form of racism is in the air, uh, in the sort of, you know, unequal distribution of healthy air. And I think that, you know, our right to breathe, as uh, philosopher Achille Mbembe put it, is a universal right, uh, breath. Uh, and we see that that right to breathe is, is again, unequally distributed. The uh, black majority towns of the of that part of the Mississippi River, uh, where people were uh, taken there, were uh, you know under extreme violence, um, you know we're, we're, we're toiling under extreme violence in those uh, plantations. These are the very people we still exercise violence for profit for, because those. Um, that there's very little of the money that uh, is generated in those parts uh, from very profitable international consortiums of uh, plastic production that stays there. So again, you know, there is a sort of profit that is done at the expense and through violence uh, to uh, same black communities that were brought there uh, as enslaved people. Is there, a, is there a compulsion at any stage to another development whereby you begin to feed plans, designs, uh, architecture back into the world? I was obviously trained as an architect uh, here in London at the Architectural Association. And I have, you know, I still have a sketchbook full of ideas. But I think, sometimes I think that we architects think that every problem that the world is facing has a design solution to it. Uh, and I think that sometimes that kind of compulsion leads to a lot of the problems that we see. I think for us, it's more about pausing, using architecture as a kind of a framework to understand political and historical issues and to think about acts of repair that are not only, you know, existing within the domain of design, but uh, within the domain of effectively dismantling some of the uh, violent and polluting infrastructure that we've put together, and and if that is designed, perhaps that is <laughs> that 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 in itself is a blueprint for something uh, that is the extent to which we would uh, we would take it. Forensic Architecture's Al Weitzman there in the exhibition Cloud Studies continues at Visual Carlo until February sixth.